I'm Dave Breckenridge, and you're listening to 10.3. Other countries use it, political parties use it, even the Oscars and the NHL awards use it. But so far, Canada has been reluctant to adopt the idea of ranked ballots for major elections. But that could be changing. Today, we look at how London, Ontario is making the shift to ranked ballots for its municipal election and whether that could spread elsewhere. It's Thursday, October 18th. Megan Stacy covers municipal politics for the London Free Press. So, Megan, tell me a little bit about what London, Ontario is doing with the municipal election next week. Well, Dave, instead of voting first past the post, we're using a ranked choice voting method, which is basically a version of preferential voting where Londoners can rank first, second and third choice for mayor and for ward councillor. Um, picking, you know, more candidates uh, than usual. And then those votes are redistributed uh, so that the winner comes out with, uh, with a majority of the votes. So essentially, as people will vote for their top three choices, uh, one, two, and three, and at the end of it, when they count all the, the number one ballots, uh, the number one choices, the people below the top three will be dropped off. Is that how it works? So luckily uh, or unluckily, if you're in the media, it's actually going to be many more rounds than that. We have 14 people running for mayor. So in the first round, it's just the candidate with the fewest number of first choice votes that will be dropped off the ballot. Their second place uh, votes are then redistributed to the candidates, the other 13 that are still in the race. And we go through that process again and again until we have a a candidate who has more than 50% of the vote. Well, that seems like a long night. <laughs> we are not <laughs> expecting any results uh, that night, uh, apart from the first round. We'll probably miss our print edition, so it will be an interesting challenge for those of us in the media. I can imagine. So how did London come to have this uh, ranked ballot voting this election? Uh, was it a provincial law? Was it discussions at city council? Was it put to the citizens of London for a, like a plebiscite? How did this come about? Sort of all of the above, Dave. So after the 2014 municipal elections uh, in cities across Ontario, the province reviewed basically the rule book for civic elections, which is Ontario's Municipal Elections Act. So it was actually the province that gave cities like London the power to run a ranked choice voting uh, system if if they wanted to. So a London City Council was interested in moving in that direction. City staff brought forward a report laying out the sort of changes that, that our city would have to go through in order to use ranked ballots. Uh, It's interesting to note that city staff actually recommended against making that change, you know, looking at issues like cost, uh, confusion for voters, and the changes that city the city would have to make in order to run that style of an election. Uh, But we have a city council here who ultimately voted nine to five to move ahead with ranked ballots and a ranked choice voting system. So there was some public consultation, a number of meetings. I think there was mixed reviews from Londoners, uh, but council ultimately decided to go ahead with that. And, uh, you know, rather than putting the question on the ballot, we're just diving right in and using ranked ballots uh, in this election. Okay. now you say there was some mixed reaction. Like what have the arguments been for and against this style of voting for this election? 
So a number of other communities, you know, cities in the states and even some of our, our federal political parties use, uh, you know, a version of preferential voting. So I think proponents are really pushing uh, the idea that this is a more democratic system because your vote still counts, even if your first choice isn't the winner. So if I vote for candidate A, B and C, and I really want candidate A to, you know, get the top job, but they don't have enough votes, you know, my second and third place votes for those other two candidates can be redistributed. And I still feel like my vote counts. And I had a say in in selecting the winners. Uh, We have had some naysayers as well, you know, a lot of folks who say it's going to drive confusion on election day for people at the polls, maybe difficult for people to understand, especially those who have language challenge or, or potentially older folks. I think a lot of people were just happy with the first past the post system. They like choosing one candidate, the person they want to win, and they're really not interested in, in having another system at all. Now, voter turnout at municipal elections across the country is usually pretty abysmal, unless you get either a hotly contested mayor's race or a big issue campaign. Not a lot of people will always show up to the polls to vote for mayor and city council. Is there the hope in London that this will bring out more people to vote? Yeah, there's some interesting research uh, that I've been trying to dive into over the past six months, Dave. Again, you know, proponents of ranked ballots and some people who have studied the system say that it uh, can drive more people out to the polls, uh, you know, feeling again as if their their vote uh, matters more. You know, you have more of a chance to, to play a role in selecting the winners. Uh, and I think there's also uh, some, you know, early research that may show it drives more diverse candidates into the race. Uh, you know, rather than seeing candidates drop out to endorse front runners and, you know, trying to avoid uh, strategic voting and things like that, that in this scenario, you know, you may drive more diversity and give give folks who don't have the same name recognition or, you know, systematic advantages a, a better chance to run. So I know s- some of the experts I've talked to say it's way too early to, um, you know, make claims like that about London's race, but it'll certainly be interesting to see in the future. How is the city educating people? Because I imagine this would be a pretty big change for a lot of voters. You know, it may create celebration in some corners, uh, anger in others, and a lot of confusion. So what is the city administration doing to get the public on board? Yeah, there's quite an effort underway. I've heard radio ads on my way into work. I've seen a number of TV commercials. There's uh, bus bus posters, you know, wraps on the outside of our city buses. Uh, the city, I think, is is doing what it's ca- what it can to get the word out. A that the system has changed. I think there are some people who aren't very engaged in the political process who may not even know that they're going to have the chance to vote in a different way uh, than they have in in previous municipal elections. And then there's also an effort from from City Hall to show people, you know, what will your options be uh, on voting day? You know, what is this ranking all about? And then a little bit of information as well about how the vote uh, is done, um, is counted, how are those votes redistributed. I think for the voter, it it is a fairly straightforward system. You know, you circle in the bubbles for your first, second and third uh, choices. uh, But when you get to the counting is, is really where it gets a little bit more complex. So the city's put out, you know, some little explainer videos. Uh, I know they've been doing a number of community presentations to, you know, local groups and organizations trying uh, to talk a little bit about how that will look. And, you know, we even had a mock election done by the city clerk and her staff here in our newsroom. So I know they're taking that that demonstration show on the road. 
And what has the feedback been like from the public and even the politicians? How are people reacting to this? Yeah, I think it's it's really a mixed bag. Uh, same with, you know, voters and, and people who are looking at our system. You know, some are in favor, thinking that this is going to be a good opportunity. Uh, again, potentially a more democratic system, or if you want to argue that, that you'll have more of a say in, in who you're electing. For candidates, you know, there there's a bit of a split. I, I'm hearing a lot of candidates, you know, doing their best to explain the system, to educate voters, and really encouraging them to, you know, rank their choices uh, on the ballot. And then there are some candidates who are suggesting that voters should, should just, just stick to the basics, you know, vote for them, number one, and not worry about those, those other uh, second and third place votes. Hmm. But you would imagine that they, they probably want to see uh, their opponent supporters picking them as a second or third place candidate. I, it gets kind of tricky in messaging, even for people who may not be in favor of the system. They may just say, well, vote for me, number one, and don't worry about the other choices. But at the same time, they need the support of people as a second and third place choice, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think depending on the race, it, you know, advocating against that rank system could definitely come back to bite you. We have a pretty, what looks to be a pretty tight uh, mayoral race. And so, you know, if you aren't able to pick up those second and third votes, and if you alienate uh, all of your competitors, supporters, that, that could create a big problem. Uh, I guess it's worth pointing out too, you know, we do have a number of ward races where there's only two candidates. So, it, there's no point in, in ranking your choices. It, it's just going to be uh, one or the other. Uh, and again, I think there's some research and, you know, some proponents suggest that it could create a less negative campaign because candidates need to pick up support from their challengers. You know, it doesn't advantage them to go negative and to uh, to alienate all of all of those uh, supporters of, of their competitors. We'll be right back. I want to tell you about a discount we're offering exclusively for 10.3 listeners on all Post Media digital subscriptions so you can get access to more great reporting on the issues that matter to you. When subscribing to the National Post, the Ottawa Citizen, the Montreal Gazette, the Saskatoon Star Phoenix, Regina Leader Post, Edmonton Journal, Calgary Herald, or the Vancouver Sun, just enter promo code PODCAST and you'll get 50% off a one-year digital subscription. It's a great way to stay informed. Again, that's promo code PODCAST. How are the candidates for mayor stacking up on this? Are the the front runners big proponents of this? Are they detractors of the ranked ballot? Or is there a mix among them? And how do they break down? Yeah, we've definitely got a mix. So uh, we have 14 people running for the top job in London, uh, but I think it'd be fair to say that four of them are, are the front runners. We have some polling data to show that, and they're definitely the four with, with the most name recognition. So one, uh, Paul Chang, he ran in 2014. He was the runner-up to our incumbent mayor, Matt Brown, who's not running for re-election. Uh, and it's been interesting. You know, Cheng uh, told us in our one-on-one Q&A that 
Uh, he's not a fan of ranked ballots. He's not campaigning any differently, and he's urging his supporters, you know, just to vote for him in the number one spot and not rank anyone else. Uh, but then, you know, at a debate uh, a week or two later, I, I heard him make a, a very obvious and pointed appeal to one of his competitor supporters, you know, saying, if you're voting for Tanya Park, please vote for me number two. So uh, I don't think he's a supporter, but he does realize the reality of the situation. One of our other mayoral candidates is Ed Holder. He's a a former two-term conservative MP. He was defeated in the 2015 election and is now looking to make the jump to municipal politics. So he said, you know, that he's going to leave the choice up to voters. He personally is not going to rank his ballot. He doesn't sound like a big fan. He's certainly not coming out in favor of it. Uh, but I don't know that he's going to quite the extent that, that Chang is in, you know, opposing the system. Uh, we have another front runner, Paul Pilato. He uh, is a former member of the London Police Services Board, and he runs the Western Research Park, uh, which is an arm of our Western University here in London. So he says he's not going to rank his ballot. He's not a fan of the system. Uh, his argument is that London just has a, a number of other priorities that you know City Hall needs to be focusing on, well, uh, well apart from our, our voting system. But uh, Tanya Park, she's the only uh, incumbent councillor running for for the mayor's chair. She is the big uh, ranked ballot supporter. She voted for it. Uh, She's a member of this council, obviously. And um, she's saying she will rank her ballot. She's encouraging, you know, everybody to take the opportunity to choose a first, second and third place candidate uh, for the mayor's race and for their ward races. And yeah, she's actually highlighted two competitors, not of the four front runners, but of the other 10 who she will rank uh, on her own ballot. Does it seem like it's breaking uh, this uh, between the support and the detractors of ranked ballots on a left-right divide? Are the three guys who aren't big fans of it, would they fall on the, on the conservative side of the spectrum, would you say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say, Dave. Uh, Tanya Park is is certainly uh, one of our more progressive candidates. Uh, She had a failed bid for an NDP uh, provincial seat here in London. She definitely leans to the left. Um, The other three gentlemen are what I would describe as small C conservatives. Uh, Of course, Ed Holder was, you know, actually a member of the Conservative Party, but the other two as well, um, you know, tend to to lean to the the center right. uh, And they all seem to be, you know, a little bit cooler on on this whole idea of the ranked choice voting. Is there a concern in London that having three of the four front runners for mayor vocally at least tepid, but not big fans of what the initiative is with ranked balloting. Is there concern that that delegitimizes the vote or the initiative to keep this going beyond this election? Yeah, I think there's certainly a recognition, you know, that it's going to take some time for people to adjust to this system. And and that's assuming that our new council doesn't, uh, you know, kill it altogether and head back to first past the post. So I chatted with a number of political scientists who, you know, have studied the system elsewhere in the States and uh, and in other communities that, that are using this system. And they say that you can end up with some funky results, you know, when you have sort of half the population using it and, and the other half of voters, uh, you know, eschewing the system and just ranking one person. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I haven't heard any of the front runners or, or any candidates that I can think of, you know, really campaign on a pledge to revert back to first past the post. But I think it's definitely fair to say that there is some uh, negativity surrounding the change and uh, and we'll have to see what the results are, I guess. 
London is the first Canadian city to do a ranked ballot election. That's right. Are other places in Ontario or elsewhere in Canada looking at what's going on uh, and potentially considering it for future elections there? Yeah, my understanding is that there are a number of, uh, of eyes on London. I chatted with our city clerk uh, the other day who mentioned that uh, there are a number of uh, city clerks in other cities who have contacted her, you know, are interested in, in hearing about the lessons uh, that London learns in this election. Uh, Kingston and Cambridge, two other uh, cities here in Ontario, are actually putting a referendum on the ballot. So asking their voters, you know, straight up, do you want to see a change to ranked choice voting when they next go to the polls in 2022? Uh, But I do hear that there are a number of advocacy groups, you know, uh, in the Toronto area, and I think a number of other communities who are really pushing for, for ranked choice voting. So I don't know that it's a huge, you know, a really hot button issue for, for voters. I'm not hearing that. Uh, but I think there's definitely some interest, uh, especially in, in some of those pockets, the big cities of, of folks who are, are advocating for a change. So for Canadians who are members of political parties, the idea of a ranked ballot isn't anything new. If uh, you'd follow the conservative race last year, you would have known that they ran a ranked balloting system for their leadership race. And uh, Maxime Bernier was favored by many going into the race. And on many of the ballots, uh, rounds of balloting through the voting was on top. And in the end, it came down to the final ballot. And Andrew Scheer kind of snuck up and uh, managed to overtake him on that last ballot. Are there concerns in London that you may get kind of a wonky result like that or someone who people don't expect may win or a consensus candidate may come forward as opposed to someone who really charges up the electorate? Yeah, it's really interesting, Dave. I think the one thing that we know about this system is that it really caters to and advantages, uh, you know, folks who are able to to generate a broad base of support, you know, kind of that moderate candidate who can pick up votes from any number of camps. So uh, based on polling that was done for uh, the London Free Press by Forum Research, our mayoral race looks to be very tight. We have three of those, you know, front runners, Chang, Holder and Park, uh, sort of in a dead heat. Uh, you know, around 25% or, or close, and then Paul Pilato uh, trailing behind about six points. So I think based on that split and the fact that it's so competitive, uh, it's unlikely that we're going to see somebody, as you say, kind of split the vote. And, and again, that's one of the advantages touted by ranked ballot supporters, that, that you don't have that kind of uh, vote splitting because people can vote for, you know, a number of candidates. If they like all these three small C conservative candidates running for mayor in London, they don't have to pick one and, and fear that it may split the vote uh, or, you know, take away from, from another candidate. They can vote for all three. So I, I think we're safe, um, at least when it when it comes to that. But it is going to be interesting, the, you know, most... Um, positive ranked ballot supporter, Tanya Park, who, you know, voted for the change and is is out there advocating for it. Our our polling shows that uh, she picks up actually the fewest number of second choice votes. So it looks like mm, sort of an ironic twist, you know, the the one supporter and and most vocal advocate for this system, it, it could stand to actually hurt her the most. Now, with a lot of eyes on London for next Monday's vote, what is administration doing to ensure that things go smoothly? 
Oh, that's a good question, Dave. <laughs> so as I alluded to earlier about the long night for the media, uh, the city clerk has chosen to go through the rounds, uh, you know, dropping off that candidate with the fewest number of, uh, of votes and, and redistributing their second and third place votes, uh, go through that, you know, round by round and only dropping one candidate at a time. So although that's going to make it a long night for us and, you know, we're not even expecting votes until the following day, I think that is City Hall and the elections office here, you know, their way of making sure that there's time to confirm, uh, you know, make sure that everything is, is good to go before they release those results. Well, for policy nerds like me, it's uh, kind of a really exciting thing to see tested out in Canada. I'll be watching the results uh, in London come in next uh, Monday and into Tuesday, potentially. Uh, Megan, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me, Dave. Here's what else is happening. Canadians with past convictions for pot possession won't have to wait or pay to apply for a pardon, the feds announced Wednesday. Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale said people with past convictions will, quote, be allowed to shed the stigma and burden of that record, end quote. But while pardons mean the record is suspended, it won't be expunged, as was the case with convictions for offenses involving consensual sex between same-sex partners. Goodale said the cannabis laws, while now outdated, did not represent a similar level of injustice. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Special thanks to Megan Stacy from the London Free Press. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.